Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to another episode of the Career Contessa podcast, your shortcut to being more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin. Have you ever taken on a new job and started to have that sinking feeling that maybe you made a mistake? Like maybe this new job isn't exactly what you pictured. And now you're starting to wonder how long are you supposed to ride this out before you can quit? New job regret is unfortunately common. That's why Jillian Williams, an experienced recruiter who now runs her own recruiting firm called Monday Talent, is here to share some helpful tips on what you can do next and the signs to watch out for. And now this is the Career Contessa podcast. Well, hi, Jillian. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So can you share a bit about your background and what you love about a career in recruiting? Absolutely. So I feel like so many others, and you'll probably when you speak to a recruiter, you'll hear this same kind of intro and how we we got into recruitment. I don't think anyone really necessarily plans on going into recruitment. It's it's really something that you end up falling into. Um, and a lot of people fall into it and fall out of it, realizing it's not the <laughs> yeah. right fit. Um, I definitely though did realize that recruitment when I when I fell into it was absolutely the right fit for me. I think somebody who as my mom said, has the gift of gap. I think I can talk, I can talk to anybody. And I think that's a big, important piece of recruitment. But I think I love having conversations. I love learning about people. I love learning people's motivations. I was a psych major. So I'm really intrigued by just the human mind and how it operates and seeing patterns in in people that you definitely see when you work with people all day, every day. And it's it's part of your job. And I think, you know, a lot of, I, I've been at recruitment firms that really are just about the numbers and often View people not as as humans, but as as commodity, and that was never that was never my approach to recruitment. So I think there definitely are recruitment firms out there that weren't the right fit for me, and that's why you know it was a, a big piece of why it was really important for me to start my own firm alongside my partners to really build a company that approached recruitment in 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 the right way, or at least as we saw as the right way. You know, these are people; these are their livelihoods; these are you know where they spend most of their time, even if they're not going into the office in this climate but they are consistently working. And so I think, you know, really viewing the people as human was, was the way that I wanted to approach recruitment and really being a consultant and an advisor, both to my clients, but also to people on the job, the job seekers. Um, and so I think all of those things really 
gave me that that love for recruitment. I think I also just loved learning about anything and everything. And in this job, you know, you get exposed to so many different yeah. people and, and so, you, you know, like in so many different types of jobs and you get to learn like what exists, You uh, careers that I had no idea were actually career paths that you could take. Um, I learned about so many different companies, so many different types of organizations. And a lot of those things were able to, you know, bring to to Monday, to my own business, to just to the forefront and, and really, um, yeah, it's just, it's just such a, such a great way to learn, meet people, get exposed to so many things. And I think all of those things are why I realized like recruitment was, was the right path for me. And especially now that I'm able to do it in the way that I, you know, think recruitment should be done. Yeah. And just as some added context for people. So, cause I was a recruiter and people know that who listen to the show and, one of the things that's important to understand is like not all recruiters are created equal. So I was an in-house recruiter. So that meant I was constantly recruiting roles for and on behalf of Hulu. So not only did I work there, but I was constantly trying. And right. I'm like you in the sense of that I really liked it because recruiters were one of the few departments that actually got to touch all the teams at the company. I remember like at the holiday parties, we always kind of knew everybody because somehow they got to that company coming through a recruiter. And um And so what you're doing is when you say like your firm, it's more agency recruiting. So can you explain just the difference in like being an agency recruiter versus in-house? I think people understand what in-house is. Absolutely. Yes. So versus just working for one company and being embedded in that one company, we are a recruitment agency. So our clients are a variety of of agencies and, and brands. So we could work with, you know, an Edelman of the world or an Ogilvy, but then we could also work with a, you know, the LVMH umbrella or uh, Conti Usually, I would say companies that either don't have their own internal recruiters or they have internal recruiters, but they're still going to bring on an agency to help them find specific talent. So your clients are the companies. And then your other client is the person who's looking for the job, right? Exactly. And I think, you know, again, like sometimes a lot of it is could be smaller companies that don't have an embedded internal talent acquisition team, or sometimes HR just can't, doesn't have the bandwidth to do that role. Um, and so that's when companies bring us on, or as you said, they might have an internal team already, but I think just, as I'm sure, you know, the volume of roles that they need to recruit for is just too, too mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think also sometimes like, so our areas of specialty are around marketing communications and creative and, and things that play within that space. So strategy, data and analytics, research. But I think, you know, sometimes we might have a specialty that their in-house recruiter doesn't right have and we might have a network in that space. So they'll also bring us in when they need to move quickly, knowing that that's our area of expertise and also where we have the broadest pool of, of, of eligible job seekers. Yeah. So that's really interesting. I just like to give people that context because sometimes if you're looking for a job, it's really smart to work with an agency, but we're, we're not here to talk about that. But I, <laughs> I do think it's important to like let people know that they've got options. They don't just have to rely on job boards and doing it themselves, you know, especially as you get higher up in your career, a lot of times you will, you'll have a firm that you might work with. And I'm sure a lot of people have been reached out to by them recently, which is actually why you're here is that I want to talk about new job regret because I do think in the last year, there's been whether in-house or agency, whatever, there's been a lot of people who have switched jobs, probably more in the last few years than ever before. And new job regret is real. Um, So explain what exactly that means. Like when we refer to the term new job regret, what does that mean? 
Absolutely. I think it's when you join an organization and it just, I think oftentimes I hear, you know, it just feels different than what you expected. Either the people maybe presented themselves differently than they did through the interview process, or you were promised things in the interview process that you were going to be able to do. And when you get into the organization, it's very different than the, you know, the reality is very different. Or, you know, it's just it's the the agency or or company isn't fostering the type of culture that they really said that they were through the interview process. I think especially where largely in this current climate, interviews are all happening remotely. So you're not actually going into the company. Um, So it's really hard to get a sense of the the vibe and who the people are and what just like what, you know, what, what environment and, and culture is is being fostered there. So it's really that that sinking feeling that it's just it doesn't feel right. Um, and I think it, you know, it just, it, it, it starts to become all consuming. Like you think about it, not even when you're in work, you think about it outside of work. Like, you know, what did I do? You have that sense of, of regret of, of, uh, you know, I've, I've been there and I've just had constant anxiety and like, it, it really ate away at me. And I think that that is, is really that feeling of, of new job regret. You know, I think nerves of course, in a new job are normal, but when it becomes anxiety and stress and, and just feeling like it, it just doesn't, it, it, it's not working. Um, I think that's really the sense of, of new job regret. Yeah. I want to take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors, Cozy Earth. From bedding to towels to pajamas and so much more, Cozy Earth is home to high quality goods and responsibly and sustainably sourced materials from the earth. With Cozy Earth, you can get that restorative sleep you need to curate your sanctuary and recharge from the comfort of your home. I mean, who doesn't want that at the end of a long work day, am I right? Made from soft and sustainable materials, Cozy Earth is softer than cotton. Plus, it's temperature regulating, meaning that you feel cool and comfortable all night long. There's nothing worse than tossing in your bed because your sheets are too hot. The Cozy Earth bedding is my absolute favorite. They are so soft, machine washable, and they don't pill, even after washing. And I'm not the only one who loves this bedding. Cozy Earth has been featured on Oprah's favorites list for four years in a row, and we all know how hard it is to get on that list. If you're thinking about buying a Cozy Earth product, but you're still not sure, well, you're in total luck. Cozy Earth has a 10-year warranty on all their products. And if you want to test out the sheets, you can. Cozy Earth actually offers a 100-night quote-unquote sleep test. That means that you can try it for 100 nights. And if you don't love it, you can send it back for a full refund. All right. And it even gets better because Cozy Earth has provided an exclusive offer for our listeners today. You get 35% off site-wide when you use the code CONTESSA. That's C-O-N-T-E-S-S-A. Again, that's 35% off when you use the code CONTESSA to buy anything at Cozy Earth. All right. Now back to the show. Hey guys, it's me, Chriselle Lim, co-founder and CMO of Bumo. As a busy working parent myself, I felt like there was a lack of options for parents and I personally needed more support. So that's what we're doing here on Being Bumo. We're here to make your life easier, a little less stressful, and help you navigate through this complex thing called parenting. So subscribe now to Being Bumo at applepodcast.com slash beingbumo or wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, gotta go. See you guys soon. And I think a lot of people with new job regret in hindsight, probably look back and maybe you can share from your experience, like how you knew, but like in hindsight, they look back and they're like, I knew right away, but I justified it because 
I, it's a new job. And of course I'm nervous. I'd been at my old company for so long. Like you have all these natural justifications of why you're experiencing it. And it's that gut and intuition that eventually just gets louder and louder that you listen to. Can you share your story? How did, how did you know you had a new job or that? I think honestly, so it was actually when I first entered recruitment and I was at a firm and I, I knew I loved recruitment, but I realized it wasn't, it wasn't the right culture for me. You know, I didn't connect with my manager. It just, I felt that, that constant anxiety and it got to a point where I was like, I need to get the hell out of here. I will take any, anything that comes my way. And, you know, I was, I was still, that's when you know, exactly. That's when, you know, like probably, and I literally, I think I had regret before I even started, like I knew it didn't feel right, but I knew that I needed to, to get out of there. And so it got to a point where I just took anything. They, they offered to double my, double my salary. So the, the money definitely spoke to me and I was still very early on in my career and I wasn't a rec- you know, a recruiter for that long. So I didn't have the knowledge that you really need to, to get a sense of what's out there. There's so many amazing opportunities. And so I think I started regretting it before I even joined, but I think I was hopeful that it would be different maybe than what I expected. But I think as soon as I got in, it, it, it really confirmed a lot of my fears and, and then some um, that, you know, it wasn't a place that I felt like was, would foster my growth and development. I didn't see that long-term growth path. And I think that's another thing. If you don't, you know, you, yes, people change jobs more frequently now than they did 20 plus years ago. But I still think if you don't see yourself at a, when you join a company that it could be a place where you could have a a long-term career and really, you know, grow with the company and make an impact and really, you know, uh, again, yeah, just continue accelerating your career. Then I think that's also the feeling of this isn't right. You know, you want to be a place where you can see yourself long-term and, and laying, you know, putting down roots and really having a, you know, a, a sense of, of, of home in a way almost because work again is, is where we spend or what we spend most of our time doing. And so I think it is sad in a way, but that's why you want it to feel, you want it to feel comfortable. Yeah. You want it to, it needs to feel, it needs to feel right. You want to feel, you know, excited about the things that yeah, you're Yeah. I think we we've talked on this show a lot about finding companies that are values fit aligned with you, yeah. not just culture fit was a term we heard a lot. So I want to talk about what I, and I do think a big piece of this is that, your interview process talked about XYZ and the reality is away from that. So what can people do to mitigate, like what can they do better in an interview process to not then end up with new job regret? Is it about realizing what's the most important thing to you first? Is it about asking better questions? Because you pointed out like, you know, I took that job because they offered to double my salary. And like, as we know, that happens a lot where people are like, I'm going to, I know someone specifically, she left Hulu, went to another company because they were going to give her a lot of money and like immediately was like, I, I can't do this. I can't do this and left. So what can people do in the interview process to, to help them like mitigate this new job regret later on? Right. I think, and, and you just addressed, you know, a really important point. I think, you know, when I speak to people who are, have more experience in their career, they are the ones who are typically like, uh, you know, it's not about the money to me. It truly is about the opportunity. Like I would even take a cut if it felt right. I think the more experience you have in your career, the more you realize that money only goes so far. Um, and I think is, so that's why I would not let that be the motivator. I think that would be a first, a first tip. Um, I think also it's about, as you said, asking the right questions, but before you even ask the right questions, honing in on what, what is important to you in a job? Is it, you know, do you want a, an environment where you can, can make friends and where your colleagues, you know, can be people that you will hang out with outside of the office, or maybe you're on the flip side, you're not the type of person you like to just keep your head down and go in, which is totally fine and just get your work done. And I think, you know, you don't want to feel like you're not 
you're not engaging in the culture. So, you know, it's really asking the questions that are important to you. And that's very dependent on the individual. So is it about the flexibility? You know, maybe you have things outside of work that, you know, take, take your time and you want an environment where you can get your work done, but they're not watching, you know, when you sign on. Yes, or when know you- what you want in a work environment. Yeah, exactly. Know, know what you want in a work environment. And I think it's also like, know, you know, what you want, what, what does the growth path look like? I think that's a huge reason why people have job regret or want to leave their jobs is because they don't see that growth path. So what, what does that look like? Can they give you concrete examples of people that have moved up in their careers there? And what, what has that looked like? Um, you know, is there opportunity to, if you realize certain projects that you're working on, or if, you know, you go to an agency and certain clients you're working on don't fit, is there an opportunity to transition to different clients? So really honing on those questions, I think too, a lot of times, the interview process, they only have you speak with like key stakeholders or leadership. But I think, especially if you're more junior in your career, it's really essential to speak to people that are on your peer level. And so asking the interview or asking, you know, whoever you're working with or who's overseeing the interview process to allow you to speak with a peer. Um, I think, again, in in this current remote environment, a lot of interviews are being done over Zoom. And I think you we've gotten good at, you know, really getting a, a good grasp of, of people over Zoom. But I think it's still is different in person. So I would say even maybe the first few interviews can be over Zoom, but if they are back in the office or if there are people who are comfortable meeting in person, like asking to have even like a casual, like meet over coffee, meet over a drink and just getting a feel for what 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 these people are like in person, I think goes a really long way. Yeah. So just to reiterate a couple of tips there are get really clear on what's important to you. I, I try, if people find that overwhelming, I try to say, narrow it down to your top three priorities. Is it all about salary? Is it all about benefits? Is it all about projects? Is it all about mentorship? Is it all about the skills you're going to learn? Like, can you narrow it down to what your three must-haves are? And maybe you do a, a tier two bucket of what are the second ne- next best things or Im- important things to you and ask very specific questions in the interview. Because remember, an interview is a two-way street. And then the other thing you pointed out, it I, one thing we didn't actually mention is I also think watch out for interview red flags. Sometimes when yeah. you're interviewing, you know, do they force you to try to have a decision too quickly? Are they asking you to do lots of projects or unpaid work in the interview right. process? These are all little red flags. Actually, I just wrote an article about this. So I'll link to it in the show notes about some interview red flags to watch out for. But to your point, like not being willing to meet in person at all, even if they're back in the office, like that right. could be sort of a red flag that they're not very flexible or that, you know, right. um, you know, they're not willing to work with you on that. We've recently talked a lot about money on the Career Contessa podcast. We've talked about how to ask for a raise, money mistakes to avoid, and even how to learn how much money someone else makes. All of this goes to say that your salary and your paycheck are crucial. And speaking of money, I want to take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors, Chime. No one likes waiting on a paycheck, especially when you've got bills due. With Chime, you can get your paycheck up to two days early with direct deposit. That's up to two more days to save, pay bills, and generally just feel good about your money situation. But Chime is more than just about getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app, checking account, debit card, and optional savings account. What I love about Chime is that their model doesn't rely on overdraft fees, monthly service fees, and minimum balance requirements. Chime is a financial technology company founded on the premise that basic banking services should be helpful, easy, and free. 
Chime partners with regional banks to design member-first financial products. This creates a more competitive market with better, lower-cost options for everyday Americans who aren't being served well by traditional banks. Everyone deserves financial peace of mind, and Chime is banking that has your back. So what are you waiting for? Hopefully not your paycheck, because you can get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. You can get started at chime.com slash Contessa. So that's chime, C-H-I-M-E dot com backslash Contessa. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depend on payer. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day, every single morning. I started taking AG1 because I wanted a quick and easy way to improve my gut health and optimize my immune system. I heard a lot of hype about Athletic Greens, so I was really intrigued to try it. And it turns out it checks out. I've been on AG1 for a few weeks now and I love it. It's super convenient that I can just take the supplement, which actually does taste great. Sometimes supplements taste like dirt. This is not like that. Instead of taking a bunch of pills and vitamins, I can just take this. So you're probably wondering what exactly is this stuff. So let me go into it. So for starters, it's a delicious scoop of AG1 and in it, you are absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. So you get all the things in just one scoop. So I usually take my AG1 in the morning around breakfast. Like I mentioned earlier, it actually tastes really good in comparison to some other vitamins and supplements I've had. It's kind of a mild, uh, almost like tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. I find it really refreshing. And don't just take it from me. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and is recommended by professional athletes. And it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than that cold brew habit that you probably have no problem paying you know, $5 a day for. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water each day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, and they're going to give you five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash Contessa. So one more time, that's athleticgreens.com backslash Contessa to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Okay, now let's get back to the show. So this is for the person I think who is what they can do kind of before. So we just talked about some things you can do before. So what about the person who's in the job uh, and they have the regret, which I know you have a couple of different scenarios based on like where you are in your regrets. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think this connects to the interview process too. I think when you're in the job, it's also about honing in on and identifying, you know, if you're feeling unhappy in your job, what is it about that job that is causing that dissatisfaction or stress or anxiety or just that that regret? You yeah. know, is it is it the people you're working with? Is it and try that, to name it, right? Exactly. Really, really try to name it. Get really, really specific with it. So, you know, 
do you not, do you feel like you're not connecting with the people you're working with? Do you connect with the people, but maybe you don't identify with the culture being fostered there where it's a culture that doesn't value flexibility, where you feel like you need, you can't even, you know, leave in the middle of the day to go to a doctor's appointment or things like that. Is it the type of work that you're doing? You know, maybe you've realized that you don't actually like writing and that's something that causes you immense stress. And so maybe that then it's, it's more about the career path that you're on. But so I think it's really about getting incredibly specific with, you know, why you're feeling this way, honing in on that. And, you know, if it, it, sometimes it's hard to identify these things, you know, you just have this lingering feeling, but you can't really pinpoint it. So that's why I recommend having conversations with mentorship or leadership, or, you know, even with, even if you feel like you have a comfortable relationship with your boss, like being, being honest in that certain things don't feel like a fit and, um, you know, how just trying to come up with creative solutions alongside them to, to improve those things. Mm -hmm. I think this is probably a, a question everybody's thinking is like, how quickly are you allowed to leave a new job? And then what do you do on your LinkedIn and your resume? So can we talk about that? Let's say you've pinpointed what's really important to you you got duped, you end up in the job, you've now pinpointed exactly why you don't like this job and you're, you know, you're starting the job search. So what are, what's the right way to leave the job when you know that regret is happening? Yeah, absolutely. So I think there isn't one, you know, set way for everybody. I think it's very dependent on each person's individual's, you know, situation. I do think that I recommend, even if you're starting to feel that doubt right away, I recommend at least giving it maybe like up to like three months because I think some of it could just be, you know, new job anxiety. You're used to doing things one way. Learning curve. Yeah, exactly. You're used to knowing things. So I think give it at least, I would say about three months. But if at that point you're still feeling like these things and it's not a fit, I think by that point, you know, the organization, you know, the people, you have an understanding of that. And so at that point, I think it is when you can start honing in on, okay, this doesn't feel like a fit. And I, w- I know we, I often work with people on the, the job seeker side or what we call candidates who, who feel like they need to stay in a job for at least a year. Um, honestly, it, from a recruiter perspective who works with hiring managers all the time, staying at the year mark or leaving after a few months really isn't going to make that big a difference. I think it's much more about how you, how you position it. I think it's also dependent to on the person. If you're somebody who does have a lot of movement on their resume, it is going to be harder for you to, to get a job, honestly, if it seems like a pattern. But if you are somebody who has had a long tenure at a previous job and went to this new job and realized it wasn't a fit, you're I okay. a lot. Yeah, you're okay. It's a lot easier to, to communicate that story. But I don't, I also don't want people who have left jobs to feel like that they 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 need to stay in a role because to get the tenure on your resume. I would, I never recommend. Yeah, that's the old rule. The old rule was never leave a job until you've been there for at least a year. That's an old rule. You don't have to follow that, but whether you leave it a year or three months, it doesn't matter. You need to make the storyline work. So let's talk about that storyline. What do you put on your resume and LinkedIn? If you left after three months, do you even mention it or do you think it's better to just leave it off? Honestly, I think it's much more about how you frame it when you are interviewing versus, you know, if it is on your resume. I think if it's been if it's been three months, I think it's still okay to put it on and mention that it just, you know, did not feel like a right fit. I think though you can also because three months isn't necessarily a time that 
is going to give employers a big pause about, you know, why you have that gap. So if it's more comfortable for you to leave it off and just, you know, speak to, okay, I, you know, I left my job. I was trying to figure out what I was looking to do. I tried some things and nothing felt like a fit, but now I'm really ready to go into a full-time role and land somewhere where I can lay down roots. That's okay too. So I think it's really more about how you tell, how you tell that story. We're hearing so much less from employers asking like, why do they have such a short stint on their resume? I think they will, they'll ask it in the interview process. Yeah, they're going to ask questions. Exactly. Right? They're going to ask it in the interview process. So they'll still interview you. So that's the most important thing, getting your foot in the door. They're still going to interview you most likely. So then it's more about how do you position it when you are interviewing? And, you know, I definitely recommend you never want to talk negatively about a previous employer. You never want to make it about them. You want to really make it about you. You want to make it about things. Your learning experience. Your learning, your growth. I think growth, learning um, are are things that you can really hone in on because employers get that. Listen, they've probably all had been in similar situations as you. These are people that you're interviewing with. You know, they've, they've been in situations they can relate. So I think it's about being honest and transparent, but also, you know, framing it in a, in a, in a positive light about how it, how you were looking to grow and you just didn't see that there because yeah. everyone wants somebody who all cares about, about the spin. <laughs> Exactly. It really is. At the end of the yeah. day, it really is all about the spin. And if you're good at spinning it, you're probably, you know, good yeah. at communicating if that's the type of role you're looking for. You have some kind of spill, uh, you know, skills in, in that. Yeah. I was just thinking how I would do this. And like, if I left a job after three months, one of the things going back to one of your earlier tips is like, absolutely identify why it wasn't a fit. And I would literally tell the... I would be honest about it. I would say like, look, I left to try something new. I'd been at the other company for X amount of years. I was really intrigued by XYZ. And you know what I learned? I learned that really X is not actually of interest to me. So I've now refocusing my job search on only things that offer this. Like I would truly spin it as like, almost like this is a reward to the next employer. Like I already know what I don't want to do. So like, this is actually a positive for you. Um, Which is why when I think it's so good that you said like, they're going to look at your resume if you've had a short stint. And if you're not comfortable putting it on there, then leave it off. But they're going to ask you, why are you looking for a new job? And I think it's good to be honest about it because like I just said, it's actually kind of this like nice bonus for them. And that means if you are having new job regret, and you are deep down feeling like your gut and intuition, like this anxiety is not going away, listen to that. And I would say lean toward it because there's a better gig out there. And I think I'm a person where I kind of have realized like sometimes the earlier you nip things in the bud, the faster and the better because staying at the place that's wrong for a long time when you know it, I just don't see a lot of positives that come with that. But I also want to mention or talk about you know, that might be my viewpoint right now because it's a hot job market and it feels like, hey, if it's not working out, you've got plenty of options. Is that the truth right now? And I know you have a bonus tip for people about that, like before you leave a new job, something that you you really highly recommend. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I do think it it definitely is, you know, the the great resignation and everything you're hearing, it is happening. There are more jobs. I mean, as a recruiter, I'm busier than ever, which means there are there are more jobs out there. You know, there are more opportunities. We're seeing new types of positions morph that didn't exist pre-pandemic, but are are coming, you know, becoming priorities post, you know, COVID world. Um, but I do think, you know, that. That's, that doesn't mean that every single person is going to be able to find their dream job incredibly quickly. You know, interview processes are still taking a long time. Clients are still being, even though they 
they do have a lot of open roles. They are still being, you know, specific and selective with the type of talent they're looking for. And so you can't just assume that you're going to immediately be able to, to land a new job. So that's why I always recommend, and even in this climate to stay in your current role until you find that new job, you know, especially if you don't have the financial resources to support yourself. And so you think, oh, well, that's okay. I'll just get a new job in a, in a couple of months. I've honestly, even if you found your dream job, you're interviewing with them. I've seen interview processes take up to five, six months at times. And that doesn't mean that they don't love you and want you to be part of their organization, but there's a lot of like internal politics or bureaucratic things or red tape. Or, someone's or, on or, vacation. Yeah. Exactly. Or timing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like they just can't get their schedules aligned and then you yeah. go on vacation or things like that. I've seen yeah, that Sometimes it's not personal so many times. at all. Sometimes at it's all. just exactly. literally, I remember as a recruiter constantly feeling like, I just want to close this role like so badly and right. I'm waiting on this person. And then it's like, oh, but so-and-so is going out on holiday. And you're like, yeah, I can't with you guys. Exactly. It gets very frustrating for us. So I can only imagine how it feels for the people actually interviewing for the job. Well, job yeah. searchers immediately are like, what did I do? I'm not getting the job. Right? Like, and I know because I've been there before. <laughs> feels personal. feels like they're not excited about me, but that that really isn't the case. Oftentimes it really is, again, uh, internal processes are just unavoidable factors. And so that's why I think it is really critical to, um, to stay in your job until you find something. And especially if you are working remotely, it's definitely a lot easier to interview in this climate. Yeah. Well, there you guys have it. If you've got new job regret, you're not alone either. There are plenty of people who are having new job regret. And I think to Jillian's point, look at the three month mark, have a very real self-reflective conversation and moment with yourself. And if it's not the right job, start the job search. Don't be afraid of it. Don't let these old rules of the one year thing or whatever, you know, scare you off, but start your job search, start putting your feelers out there and there is no shame around recognizing that I tried something new and it wasn't a fit. Like there should be zero shame about that. And I, I, I'm really excited that there's more people who are talking about sabbaticals and breaks and new job, or, you know, job regret. And they're just being very vulnerable. And guess what? Employers are okay with it. They're saying, Absolutely. okay. And like I said, spin and storytelling. So Jillian, this is fantastic. Where can people you know, follow you, learn more about your company, give them all the links? Absolutely. So you can find our company at monday-talent.com. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram. We're really trying to do our thing with, with Instagram and have a good, a good presence. So it's at monday underscore talent. I personally like am not good with social media. My PR person will is not very happy with that. <laughs> I personally have no presence, but you can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, we also have a Twitter at Monday underscore talent. And you know, if you want to connect with us, you can feel free to reach out on our website. You can either email me, it's Jillian at Monday-talent.com or just our general um, Monday email is hello at Monday-talent.com. Yeah, if you're looking for a recruiting agency, you guys, what, what are the specialties you guys? Uh, yeah, so we, we support marketing, communications, and creative. And then, you know, again, things that play in that space, so strategy, research, and analytics, some operations roles, but definitely, you know, marketing, communications, and creative roles are are our specialty, both on the agency side, on the in-house side of things. Every We touch every industry. Awesome. So yeah, that's another idea if you're having new job regret. Go talk to an agency. Get, yeah, yeah talk, talk to them. It's they, they'll help you. They'll they'll maybe make you feel better about this too. <laughs> that is Absol- not just absolutely. You. That's the hope. I hope. I hope. Again, <laughs> if you need someone to you know to to talk through these things, we're definitely yeah. happy to, to to do so. 
Awesome. Well, thank you, Jillian, so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Career Contestant Podcast. Thank you so much to the many people who have been leaving us reviews. It's incredible to see your feedback. We read every review, so please keep them coming. I know every podcast person asks for the reviews, but the algorithm likes it when you review the show. And honestly, it has been helping. More new listeners have been finding us every week. Oh, and if you want to learn more about interview red flags to watch out for, I made sure to link to that article in the show notes and in in the article, we talk about 21 interview red flags. So it's good to, to review that before you go for your next interview. Lastly, one of the best ways to make sure that you're never going to experience job regret again is by targeting companies in your job search that align with your values and your priorities. Those things that are the most important to you. We'll show you how to do that in our online course called the Job Search Academy. I will link to that course in the show notes so you can learn more about the course and what your lifetime enrollment includes.